talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. I'm Sandra from Ottawa, and you're listening to The Quick and the Dirty. It's basically all the stuff you talk about with your girlfriends, except we do it online here each and every week and share our embarrassment. Yeah, and mostly we're sober, I would say, for most of it, but I can't say for all of it. <laughs> what do we have coming up in the dirty? Well, this week's dirty is actually a friend of mine, a very close and personal friend of mine. Um, mm. I feel like I'm we're jealous. Get, I know. <laughs> no, you're one of them too, honey. And I love it that I'm bringing all of my friends together. Uh, but this week, I, I feel like we're going to get serious on the quick and the dirty, and we're going to talk about the topic of being childless and choosing not to have children. Ooh, and, that's and something what that that's means. very close to me. <laughs> Well, you know, and that's why I invited her on the podcast, because uh, you, you, you could see what the future will look like. And I'll tell you, it looks pretty damn good. <laughs> All right. But before we get to that, we have to do the quick and talk about what happened to us this week. Um, I am... Scared to say my landlord now knows all of the intimate details of my sex life. <laughs> Why did you bang him? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's a couple, by the way. Oh, I'm God. not into that. <laughs> uh, so I have an awesome place to live. And my landlords are, they're an, a couple and they have kids that have now moved away. And they were away for the entire month of July. And I got very used to having the whole place to myself. So I live in a house. I'm in, in the basement. They have the upper two floors. And my back door goes out into the patio area where our pool is and our lounge area. And so does my bedroom window. It kind of goes out that way as well. Oh, I, I see where you're going to go with this now. Yes. Yes. So my significant other came to visit last night and things got heated. <laughs> and there was moaning and screaming. And I look over when we're done and I see that the window is open. No. <laughs> and then I hear them talking on the patio. <gasps> they were that close? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, were they, and they were just talking in regular tones? Well, yeah, they're French. I'm hoping their English isn't that good. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it sounds the same in French and English. <laughs> um, how loud did you get? Oh, uh, loud. <laughs> I'm a screamer. Come on. I speak at a volume that is abnormally loud. And how long did this sex go on for? This sex, this dirty little sex that you were having go on for? Oh, like 45 Jesus. to an hour. Hillary, I'm a married woman and I've been together with this guy for over 20 years. I mean, I'm lucky to get five minutes once a month. <laughs> 45 minutes? Well, there's like the, the pre-stuff. <laughs> there's pre-stuff? God, I'm missing out. I'm totally missing out. So We're you're, still you're... trying, Sandra. <laughs> so, okay, wait a second. So you knew that they heard you. Have you had a face-to-face -face encounter yet with your landlord? No, no, but usually my boyfriend will see him in the in the parking lot, like where, where our cars go, parking lot, in the driveway, in like this sad, my boyfriend's 42. It's like a sad 40-year-old walk of shame. Yeah. I Where they give each proud. other the nod and they don't have any words. <laughs> if I was, if I was his age, or in fact, if I was any age, and I got caught banging my boyfriend or my girlfriend, and everybody heard me going for forty-five minutes, I'd walk a little taller. 
swagger. Do you know what I mean? Like in my neighborhood in, in like suburbia, Ottawa, it's, you know, a government town and it's, it's, it's pretty, um, I don't know. I don't want to say upper crust, but it's pretty, I would say more uptight than anything, you know, the way suburbia can be. Yeah. Or they pretend to be. Or they pretend to be. Absolutely. I would like open the windows and scream loud and proud, baby. We're still, we're still having sex. <laughs> Yay us. But that's like when, when I go to the Caribbean, I remember a couple of times now I'd be walking, you know, by and, you know, having a nice little stroll and I'd hear people like just banging in their hotel room. Just, Sorry about thinking, that. That was us too. <laughs> There's nothing like vacation sex, but to have vacation sex at your home. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you, Hillary. This is the, your finest moment. <laughs> it's so embarrassing though, because like Why? they, it's just, how do you sit down and have a drink and be normal? Like they know way too much down and to ne- what yeah. I like and how fast I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Like, what angle you want it coming in at, the whole thing. I got gotcha. you. Maybe it is a little. It's too much info. And to I'm top just... it all off, my landlord, the man, is hot. Oh, is he really? He's good looking. Like, he was walking around. I thought he was his son the other day walking around with his shirt off in the backyard. So are you worried that you might pique a sexual interest from this guy? Because now he knows that you're like a dirty girl. You've seen what I look like, Sandra. It's not going to happen. Well, are look you kidding? I do you. No. I would do you. I think I may have done you, actually. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So Did there it get you weird go. There? Did it get weird there really quick, as usual? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But and now that I'm really concerned that my landlord knows everything about my sex life, I realize I'm talking about it on the Internet. <laughs> you know what? When this is all said and done, I'll send him a recording of the podcast. I don't know why you, we feel so much shame around sex. Honestly, I mean, I I grew up to feel shame about it. I think most women have. You know, you're a dirty little slut if you have sex. Yeah, you be, are. Uh, yeah, you are. You should be proud of it. Walk tall, girl. Yeah, it's just I feel guilty for making somebody witness that. <laughs> I guess they could have gone inside. That I suppose so, but. Oh, wait, that's interesting. They stayed outside for the duration. Yeah. Well, they're, well, they're French, too, so, you know. <laughs> they're very, they're, are French-Canadian French? Uh, yes. That is a liberated group of people, so you're good. <laughs> for them, that would be just like a Wednesday. No big deal. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's reassuring. Thank you so much. So tell me about your week. What did you get up to? Well, this week I realized that there are some things in life that you probably should have a mulligan on so like a do-over like a do-over like have you ever done something that you've done you know you regret it and you're like god if I could just redo it I think I could do it better yes sex last night with my boyfriend that's exactly that was your mulligan (laughs) so my mulligan happened the other night when I was hosting Ottawa's annual Greek fest and once a year they asked me to come and I'm the guest MC, and it's a lot of fun and I drink too much uzo and we dance and it's great so this year they said to me which was different they said can you be part of the big Zorba show which is like this big number they do Greek dancing it's very traditional they light the asphalt on fire with uzo I'm not kidding you amazing like, it's dramatic and it and it's people are surround the dance so it's very it's very intimate with hundreds of people just sort of around okay uh, as it unfolds if you can imagine that so they said to me I'm, I'm, I'm like well what can I do and they're like you come in and you're gonna break the plates 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to break the plates. So I'm already four beers in and maybe three, four Uzos deep. Okay. So then I, like 20 minutes before the show, they give me a tutorial on how to break the plate so they don't splatter. So you hold a stack of plates in one hand and in the right, your right hand, you'll use one plate to break the other plates, if that makes sense. You go one at a time, one at a time. And the idea is that you don't have like a crazy splatter and nobody loses an eye with the the glass shards. Right. It's a clean break, if you will. And they said, but be careful on the last one because you cut yourself if you don't do it right. Okay. So I started like stressing, like really like I was getting anxiety thinking, oh my God, Sandra, do not fuck this up. You've got one job and people are recording it. I this would be in like your genes. If you don't know, Sandra is incredibly Greek. With a name like Plagakis, how could you not be? But I I felt like a lot of pressure because I don't generally break plates on a day-to-day basis. They're very pricey, but you know. (laughs) I should have been hired to do this. I am the queen of klutz. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) So they, they light the asphalt on fire. The dance number is perfect they're so good chairs tables are dancing on all of it and then the guy bill comes up to me goes you're on kid (laughs) i run to the middle of the asphalt as the the fire is starting to die down and i get the plates and i put my hands up being all dramatic and one by one i start nailing the plates okay it's going really well i was excited i'm like this is awesome i hope this is on film and then i'm on the last plate and i smash it and my hands start bleeding. Oh, no. And my left hand was not just bleeding, it was dripping blood. And I'm in the moment, and right, I start feeling faint and dizzy. <laughs> and Did you all pass I kept, out in the middle of the fire? I, and I'm wearing like an airy-fairy kind of a sweater thing. And, I, and then I thought, oh, fuck, I'm going to catch on fire, and I'm going to bleed out right in the middle of this little circle of fire right now. This is not how I thought it would go. So, and I'm trying to stay cool because I'm thinking, okay, fuck, I don't want to ruin the show. And fuck, I can see a million people with their iPhones right now on me. So I, I actually saw some blood dripping from my hands and I know, and I was looking at them. So people probably have that on me. <laughs> then I start thinking, okay, be cool. So then I start wiping the blood on my pants. And I'm realizing afterwards that was, I totally gave away the fact that I was bleeding out. The blood is all over the microphone now. Oh. I'm whatever. And then I'm jokingly, I'm like, I can't, I got to own this. So I start <laughs> screaming for a medic. <laughs> so I bled for about five, 10 minutes. I, I, I skulked away in the background. The show is over. And then I basically got the fuck out of there because I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, this is that's I had, not bad at all. I had one job and. <laughs> I fucking blew it. One job. First of all, clearly you're not the very first person to have this happen because he warned you the last plate sucks. But Hillary, I was warned. That's the point. Yeah, but they didn't say, hey, careful on that last plate. Here's how you do it. They said, hey, you're probably going to (laughs) die. It was it was mostly embarrassing because a I was Greek and I I thought I had something to prove you know what I mean right you know if it was if it was just a you know a regular non Greek I'd be like yeah that happened you know you wouldn't know but right. for me I thought okay now there's my pride thing going on two it, it ha- a lot of people will have it on their iPhones today and I'm delighted that it didn't go viral meaning most people probably didn't see the blood dripping and the, they probably just thought it was remnants of the fire 
<laughs> all the blood, the little drip, little trail of blood oh, I left wow. behind me. So yeah, I wish I could do it again. In fact, I, I might. I was actually thinking of getting like ch- plates from the dollar store and breaking some plates in are my they backyard special today. Just plates? To prove. Like, do they are they made of special material to make it easier? Or actually, uh, they look like just regular um, low end kind of plates that they would serve because they actually had food on it because they had forgotten to get me plates, so they took the food oh. off of the plates. <laughs> I saw some clean off the plate before they brought them to me so that's crazy <laughs> well you know it was it was pretty fu- it was pretty funny I guess but well, for me I feel like I lost my pride a little bit I I feel like this didn't go as badly as I thought when you originally said there was fire I was thinking <laughs> Sandra uses a lot of hairspray we're yes. gonna have a Michael Jackson oh, yeah. moment it's not that's gonna true. be good but <laughs> I think the worst would have been when I started feeling dizzy. You know, I'm not, I don't like blood very much. So when you see it on yourself, I started getting woozy, you know? And then you start thinking, what if I passed out? And what if I like pissed myself or something on the way down? There's a lot of variables here, Hillary, on how this could have gone wrong. Don't try to make me feel better. It's too late. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. I survived it. And hopefully it's not on video. I mean, it's fine. I don't know if we can call you a real Greek anymore. That's right. <laughs> Well, it's not the, like the neighbors heard me have sex, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> All right, now that that's done, I, I know, think it's time to get to the dirty. Okay, let's get to the dirty. Um, I don't even know how to introduce this next guest, but I will say that I have known her for over 20 years. Fabulous is probably the first word I would use to describe her, but definitely not the only one. Uh, She's lived a (laughs) life that a lot of people would envy. I would say that about her. She and her husband are world travelers and have been to places that most of us only dream about. Initially, I wanted to have her on to talk about the, you know, her travels, but, uh, she has had a very unique experience. She made the conscious decision not to have children a long time ago. And Hillary, that's where you are at in your life right now. So how perfect that we can talk about it with Hillary and my good friend, Stephanie Egan. Welcome to the quick and the dirty. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you too. I I feel like I know you, Sandra has talked so well about you. As as she has a view too, so this is very exciting. I me. like that I have two of my favorite people on the same podcast together, and I like that you and Hillary have um, a lot in common, although you may not realize it. Hillary and I were talking last week about the fact that she is um, making a decision in her life not to have children, and Hillary, you schooled me last week on how rude it is for someone to ask. Yeah, so people in my life have been bugging me now that I'm finally in a good relationship with somebody worthwhile they've been bothering me to have children i i have traditionally dated losers um good to know we we all have a past honey (laughs) so i finally found a good one and he is a few years older than me and he's fixed okay so when we started dating i knew going into this that there would be no more children He has two of his own already. And I had always had this idea that I would have children, but I'm not willing to give up this potentially amazing relationship with probably the one on the off chance that I'll find somebody else and be able to have children because I've never tried. So maybe that's not even a possibility. So people keep telling me, oh, well, he can always have the vasectomy reversed. If he really loves you, he'd do it for you. And I'm just sick of people talking about my procreation. Like it's none of their business. And I'm sure you've gone through this as well. 
Well, and you know, and I totally get where you're coming from with that. Um, I am am a bit older than you are. (laughs) (laughs) Not by much, though. That's for sure. So, so... My decision to, it wasn't even that I made a conscious decision not to have kids. I just never really was there. Never wanted to have kids of my own. It just, you know, when my, when my friends in, you know, in, in kindergarten were playing, you know, house and, and babies and, you know, doing all that stuff or Barbies and, you know, my Barbies used the hair salon as a front for their spy agency. And it was all like (laughs) espionage and adventure. And it was never, you know, like Ken was never the, the, you know, oh, you know, we're all fighting over Ken. It was never any of that stuff. And, and I didn't really think about it until I got older and realized it. That was just never for me. Even my friends in high school were talking, oh, I want to get married and I want to have two kids and I want to, you know. And that was just never, I was always like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> so, so it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision for me. I remember being in like my mid, mid late twenties and a lot of our friends were getting married and starting to have kids and that kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, I kind of did that, you know, that stop and go, geez, you know, is that something that I want to do? Cause if I do, I want to get on it. Um, but then I just kind of went, no, nope, I'm good, <laughs> and sort of went on my merry way with my life. But I've been very fortunate in that my parents never, ever gave me a hard time about it. And I'm an only child, so, you know, I- I'm it on the grandparent train. Like, it's, it's not going to happen Stephanie, otherwise. you never see a Disney movie? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> we were told that you were supposed to get together with the prince and then have babies and live happily ever after. Well, and you know what? I know a lot of people... That that is their that is their bliss. That is their place to be to to be parents and to and to do all of that stuff is where they're meant to be. And and I certainly, you know, I know there are a lot of people who are child free who go, you know, uh, procreators, uh, you know, and it's just <laughs> where it's this derision toward people who decide to choose a family. And I don't feel that way at all. I mean, I work at a children's hospital. My my career is about helping kids and about helping families. I have nieces and nephews. I have nine. They range in age from 20 to five and a half. So you and have it I, in your life. It's so just not have, yours. And you know what? And I have a lot. I love spending time with my nieces and nephews. So it's not an issue of hating kids or not being comfortable around kids. Love kids. Think kids are fantastic. And I've just sort of found the way that they fit into my life. You know, 20 years ago, I didn't know I was going to have all these nieces and nephews. They're all through my husband's side. So I didn't know that I was going to like take to this aunt thing and love it so much. But it was still, it was still not really a conscious choice. So that's where we're kind of in a different, in a different place, you and I, Hillary. I wouldn't even say that mine is really a choice so much as an awareness. Right. That if I want, if I want to have this person in my life, it's not going to happen. Before you met this person though, Hillary, were you thinking about babies? Were you thinking about the Oh, for sure. I was like, it's the final countdown. Find the one to procreate with. But, um, yeah, it just, it, it wasn't happening. And I think knowing that I've been with so many losers, as I mentioned. Um, <laughs> just a couple. Pe- people that I couldn't conceive having a child with, that y- you couldn't. I, I always knew that I wanted a partner if I was going to have children. That I wanted someone to do that with me. Especially in our career, Sandra, with... Uh, all of the busy schedule and the early mornings, it just isn't possible to do it on your own. And I I would end up with these people that 
weren't capable of being that partner. And I finally found someone who is, you know, by a, he's an amazing dad. He has an eight and a 10 year old and he is kind and he's giving and, uh, he has them 50% of the time. So I, I guess I do have children in my life as well, but they're not my own. And I, it just, I can't bring myself to put my need to procreate over that. The one thing I would, I would, that's just kind of, and again, I, I've just met you <laughs> officially for the first time. Um, I think what you, what I would suggest is that you really, and I'm sure you've, you've done this, but it's that idea that, you know, once, once you go this, this route and, you know, the older we get, the, the chances of, you know, complicated pregnancies, dif- difficulty getting pregnant, maybe having to, you know, if that need in you to be a mom, and I wouldn't even so much look at it as having a partner to have children with, but you wanting to be a mom, if you don't if you don't examine that and if you don't look at that really seriously, you could end up resenting this guy that you love so much. Oh, for sure. I've done a lot of work on it because you have to. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing, right? It's, you know, because some people say, oh, it's so hard to find a good guy out there. And you, know, you find this great guy. And, and, I, and you, I heard you say some of your friends saying, you know, well, if he really loved you, he'd have the vasectomy reversed. And, you know, and that's not fair. That's not fair no. to him. Right? Because he's at a place in his life where you guys met and that's, that's who he is. And that's what he, and that's he was his very choice. upfront about it right yeah. from the beginning. So, you know, it is, uh, but it does sound like you've given it a lot of thought because that's the one thing, right? You, you don't always get a mulligan. Yeah. Hillary, do you, but it's, Stephanie brings up a great point. I mean, let's say five years down the road, things don't end well, um, and I'm not, and, and we all know that won't happen. But let's just say we're practical people. Do you think you would feel resentment after that if you didn't have a child? No, because there are no guarantees in life, and I think that's sort of where I'm at. Is that I'm happy now, and. If I left this to try and have a baby and never, it could still never happen, right? Yeah. You've just got to live in the now and do what feels right. And it feels right now. Do you have, when Stephanie said about, you know, examining where you're at and how you feel about it and your real need to have a child, is part of it that you, you feel pressure from other people? Like Stephanie was lucky. She didn't feel that pressure from her family, but you can't go to a Greek wedding as a childless woman (laughs) without everybody saying at first it's, when are you getting married? Then it's, when are you having a baby? And then when it's, when are you having another baby? Like it, it's endless. And it's, Oh, that happens in the Irish families too. (laughs) I just feel like, did you feel that pressure? Uh, I do to a certain degree, but I think it, it all comes down to how it affects you. What I think maybe what's hard in my situation is I would probably have a child. So when people bring that up, like I'm still working on that, that's what's maybe difficult. Yeah. And you know what? The worst thing in the world to do, and, and you know, and I did get pressure from other family members. My parents were awesome. So they were like, you know what? We get it. And then I was kind of like, well, what does that say about you enjoyed parenthood so much? You stopped at one and you understand why I don't want to have kids. How bad was I? But, but, you know, and they, and they explained like, no, you know, like the, you know, you can have, you can have whatever kind of life you want. If you, if you choose not to have kids, we're okay. Like, don't worry about us. 
we have, you know they have they have great nieces and and our, um, you know nieces and nephews on their their perspective sides who have children now right. and so they're getting all the baby stuff that they need and that's great um, and even my in-laws who have you know my nieces and nephews know my parents and so so they're getting they're getting their baby fix um, but it's that it's that pressure from from not even within family but but socially right where people just feel that they can, you know, having first man. Oh, do you have any kids? No. Oh, well, do you, do you not want to have kids? Or do you not? You know, like, what are you like, doing with your life? <laughs> first <laughs> why, of all, why, like, what are you, what are you going to do when you're older? Like, this is what yeah. people do. Oh yeah. And you know what? That's it. Who's going to, who's going to take care of you when you're old? You know what? I hate to break it to all the parents out there. But having kids does not necessarily mean that somebody's going to take care of you when you're old. Right. Your kids <laughs> that is be, a, yeah. a legitimate concern. Yeah. I, have. I worked in a nursing home when I was in high school. And I'll tell you, there were a lot of people in there who had kids who never came to visit them. So that's no guarantee. And I think it's really selfish to have kids for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? You feeling pressure and have a baby. That's horrible. You're supposed to, you're responsible for this life you're bringing into, onto the planet. You should at least want the kid that you're giving birth to. I mean, at (laughs) the very least, right? I had friends tell me, you know what? Just have one and you'll understand. No. That's like, (laughs) no. (laughs) I feel really badly for families or couples that can't have children. Well, that's the other side of the coin, right? If somebody comes up to you and says, you're, you're struggling with fertility issues and somebody has the balls to come up to you and say, well, why don't you have any kids? Well, because, because we're unable to. Like, that's super personal stuff. And, and then that's... you're opening up a can of worms Absolutely. that is very painful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll be, I, I have kids. Obviously, you both know that. I talk about them all the time. Um, I never wanted children. And it's a hard thing to say out loud because I hope they don't hear this. <laughs> Mostly. I didn't, I'm like you, Stephanie. I, I didn't have the dream of having children. I never imagined my life with children. I didn't, it never even crossed my mind, not once. But then I hooked up with a great guy that I fell in love with. And I guess we started having the conversation and I told him, I don't want children. And I, I, I guess he just didn't respect me because <laughs> are you sure that's the only reason why I but he he and his mother two on one me at my very weakest in my when I turned 30 is when I started seriously getting two on one and maybe the bio that's when I started thinking maybe the biological clock thing is real because they weakened me down and didn't make me feel like I was less valuable as a woman or anything like that but really god I'm convinced they got together with the Disney people <laughs> and they made it seem like my life would be so much more joyful if I had children and I bought into that that fucking Disney fairy tale <laughs> and I and I had two beautiful children as a result which of course I don't regret because now I can't imagine life without them. I could not even imagine and I've always said children are the greatest joy I've ever known but they're also the greatest pain I've ever known but too. that's that's part of it right that's all part of the god package. damn it yes Stephanie and you it know is. but you know and I'm Hillary I'm sure that you will agree with me on this Ain't nobody telling Sandra Plagakis what to do. <laughs> she, uh, you don't want to do it. Yes it, and no, because she is. Uh, Sandra, you have one of the biggest hearts of anyone I know, as much as you're a that's total bitch. That's not true, bitch. Hillary, and I don't want you to tell anybody that. <laughs> you're a total bitch, I'll admit it. But you do have a big heart, and I know that I know how much you love your husband, and I know that once those conversations happen and you care so much about someone that you want the best for them. And if that's something that they want, you're more likely to bend and, 
and and fold. And I could put that kind of pressure on my partner and I'm sure it would be a long conversation and I don't know that it would be the end of us, but I, I just wouldn't. Because in the same way that I don't want to ever resent him for not wanting kids, I don't want him to resent me for that's having right. kids. Well, I, yeah. yeah. And that's... I've asked him about that before saying, you know, when I told you I didn't want kids, I was pretty solid about it. I was, I was definitively certain I didn't want kids. I don't have a maternal bone in my body. My kids will, by the way, back me <laughs> up on that. that. <laughs> I do not have a maternal bone in my body. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I mean, I guess over time you get the mama bear, but at, it, it took a long time time to feel connected to my children to be honest with you and that's but you know that's I think and I think that's something that people don't have honest conversations about still I guess right I mean there are a lot of moms you hear you know coming out you know five or six years down the road saying you know I was just so miserable and I was you know I was sleep deprived and, and I hated it and I you know postpartum and all of these different things that people still kind of you know sweep into the shadows a bit when it I comes to so. parenting parenting is the biggest job you will ever have and I wasn't up for it and I'm totally good with with admitting that and you know and I think that that if people are more honest about it you can have those conversations well what about your the partner like Tim said well I knew deep down you did want kids and I and we've argued about that I've said well no no you don't understand fucker I told you deep down I didn't want kids but I mean obviously the conversation is moot now but he he just thought that I was lying to myself the whole time and you know maybe he was right maybe maybe I I wasn't uh, self-aware at all at the time who knows and and you know like things change right you say it was right around the time you turned 30 when I was super weak yeah so so weak you know maybe maybe you did have some of that biological clock stuff happening and and and, it's and real you know because I I really think that if you if you if you were that committed to being child-free, then then you would have had that tough conversation. I really honestly believe that. You're, yeah, yeah, you're probably right about that. But I'd like to blame Tim for most most. Yeah. <laughs> most let's let's just say we're going to blame Tim and move on. Stephanie, <laughs> sorry, I have uh, a couple of questions, uh, sort sure. of about my biggest fears about not having children, which maybe because my partner has two aren't as valid. But one of my biggest concerns beyond just wanting to be a mom was that say you're with somebody for your whole life you're with Mm -hmm. a partner and most people their relationships begin to revolve around the children for a period of time and that seems to be a stage and my biggest concern outside of just not being a mom was all right I've got this partner what is life what does life look like if we're in a good place where do you go from there? Like, what are the stages of life? Because Christmases won't be the same. And you won't have family birthdays and occasions quite the same way. And how do you continue to move the development of a relationship forward without that addition of children? Well, you know, the great the great thing about our life as we have it now, my, my husband, Andy, is just like a great guy. Um, and we met when we were children. <laughs> so we just, we actually just celebrated 25 years together. So, wow. yeah. So, and, and I mean, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. We don't run out of things to talk about. And I know a lot of people think, think that, and, and oftentimes you get so hyper-focused on your kids. You hear this a lot, right? At, you know, the kids all go off to school and you look at each other and go, who are you? Like we've been shuttling kids to <laughs> hockey and, and activities and doing all this stuff separately, just trying to make it all happen. 
And then all of a sudden you're two different people. It's like, who, who are you? And sometimes you're able to pick up and move on and sometimes you're not. And that's, and that's really sad. Um, and, and, you know, I've, and, and then I've seen other people, you know, take it, you know, right through and the kids are gone and woo, we're going to travel. We're going to do all those things that we, yeah. that they, we had put off. They start off. having Hillary sex all over yeah, they, again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they open up the windows and let, let their freak flag fly. <laughs> But for, for us, we've kind of created the life that we wanted. Um, you know, I talk about my nieces and nephews. You know, I, I hosted my nephew's graduation party, you know, at my house because, you know, it, we were just so proud of him. And, you know, we, we do the kids' birthdays. Every Christmas, I do this huge Christmas party. We have Santa come, you know, Aww. we do like the whole thing. So we have that freedom to do as much or as little as we want incorporating what kids we do have in our lives and you have these really special relationships with them too right like my five and a half year old niece were girlfriends that's she's you know <laughs> we're girlfriends and we both wear glasses and we go for grilled cheese sandwich lunches and we have this really special thing happening so you know it's really up to you does that answer your question at all absolutely <laughs> now how do you keep things fresh if all you have is each other. <laughs> well, you know, but that's a great thing, right? Because you don't have that additional pressure of getting the kids lunches and the laundry done and the, uh, and the sleepless nights and, you know, all of that kind of stuff that the pressures that come along with parenthood when you take that job on, you know, we don't have that. So, you know, my husband plays hockey a few times a week. You know, I've got my, I've got the gym and all the things that I like to do. I have, you know, I have my friends. So, you know, I'm able to, I'm able to go and meet, meet the girls for drinks on a Wednesday night after work. You, you know, yeah, you invented having coffee and drinks with <laughs> your friends. You actually did invent that. I'm pretty sure, you know, and, and so we're able to have, have lives that are, you know, he's, my husband's not as social as I am. I mean, he's, you know, he's got friends and a network and everything, but, mm-hmm. but I'm the more social bird of the two of us. So I have that freedom to go and do what, what I want to do and what I need to do to, to fill that need for myself. And he does his thing. And then we convene somewhere in the middle for dinners and we travel and, you know, and so we, it's not a matter of keeping it fresh because it's always fresh because we don't really fall into a routine because we don't have to. Right. Wow. That. Wow. I've never said that before. That was pretty profound. That, uh, <laughs> that was profound, especially the part where you said, um, you know, how those couples who are uh, together for years and then the kids go off to college and then they have nothing to talk about. That's the fear, I think, for a lot of people who do have children. But see, you and Tim are so neat together because you do like the travel hockey thing together. You know, the, you yeah. guys have and he's. Yeah, he's just, he's a pretty awesome guy. He's, a, he's an do. awesome guy. But you know what I do find is that when we go to dinner, and we only now recently started to make a habit of going to dinner We're a lot. We're not talking about the kids. <laughs> no, we end up talking about the fucking kids the whole time. But you the know what? The whole time, Stephanie, I'm like, fuck, what's going to happen? What are we going to talk about? So you know what? Have like 10 minutes set aside where you don't talk about the kids. He's set so- a timer on your phone. I'm dead serious. <laughs> really? Set a little timer on your phone and say for 10 minutes not talking about the kids gossip with each other you know talk about tv shows you want to watch movies that you want to see you know do that okay, take well, that I just, take that 10 minutes try it 
Just take try that it. Take that 10 minutes and talk minutes. about those things. This is the because man. you do have to talk about the kids because they're a big part of your life. They're the big thing that you guys we have get, in common we, that yes. you spend all your time on. When we go to dinner, we settle all the things with the children. Things get settled, you know, with the kids and decisions are made. But right, then without I thought, witnesses. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, and that's exactly it, right, though? Right. You, you guys can, can have a united front because you've sat down, you've talked about right. all of this stuff, just the two of you, and then you can implement all that stuff. But just take that, take that little chunk of time and and say okay for 10 minutes we're not going to talk about the kids and see where you go huh well i'll I, tell you where we're going to go we're going to the world of baseball and hockey and <laughs> hey, but whatever golf. but i think that's part of it <laughs> like i think that's one thing that maybe couples with children have difficulty is making memories that don't include the kids once in a while so you yeah. have stuff to talk about like remember that time when we did this and it's not the children yeah, it's, it's, it, I honestly, I don't remember that time. It's always been with the kids and we travel with hockey and now baseball and whatever. It's, there's so much joy, but yeah, the fear is, I think, again, I speak for a lot of couples who are now, you know, the kids are 14 and 16 when they leave. I, I hope that we still have something to talk about. Oh, I think you will. And, and because you guys do a lot of that stuff together, I think is key. You know, sometimes you're in families where you got, two kids in two different competitive leagues and so it's like okay I'm gonna take one you take the yeah. other and you know spend a weekend together and then you're back trying to recuperate from a weekend away tournament right. and, you know all of that stuff I can see how you would become disconnected so I think I think that you guys are at least starting on that you know going out for dinner together just the two of you your kids are older now you don't have to worry about childcare and all that other stuff so it gives you a bit more freedom I've got a question for both of you ladies all right Sandra you'll play the mom Stephanie, <laughs> you'll play the childless lady. Okay. Questions about... Oh, good. A role I'm familiar with. <laughs> friendships. Okay. Oh. Have you ever found it difficult to maintain friendships with people who are in a different place in life than you? Because, Stephanie, you didn't have children of your own, maintaining mm-hmm. friendships with moms. And for Sandra, the opposite. Is it weird for you to be friends with people who don't or do have kids? Uh, it's easier, certainly when your kids are younger, you gravitate towards other young moms. I found Mm -hmm. when my kids were little, ironically, you know, like on my street, you know, all the moms would hang out together with the kids and everything. And then I, then I later realized, uh, just because we had that commonality didn't mean I liked the bitches. (laughs) So... The answer is no. I have a millennial friends. I have friends who don't have children like Stephanie. I have you as a friend, Hillary. You don't have children. Uh, you know, it, it, variety is the spice of life for me. I like having women who, female friends who have different experiences. But at the beginning, I definitely gravitated towards other young moms who are in the same place as I was in life. And I soon realized that didn't make them good friends or interesting people. Mm-hmm. Did you well, ever have think- trouble with people who didn't have children in your life not wanting to be around your kids? Ooh, all of them? No, I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't, uh, you mean people who are having difficulty having children, you mean, or not well, wanting Well, no, because like now I find I don't get invited to places like people at work uh. or friends that I have who have children will get together with the other friends that have children, but I won't get invited. Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean. Like we, we have, um, we have some friends who, and again, if it's, we used to get invited to the kids' birthday parties, like when they were younger, you know, and I bring good gifts. So I'm usually <laughs> on top of the invite list. You'd think um, it would be, yeah. But as they, as the kids have gotten older and they become more kid centric parties, we find we're not being invited to them as often. 
totes good with that. <laughs> but I have, you know, I have lots of friends. I have friends who are in their, uh, like, early 40s who just had babies. Right. So they're kind of, they're like a whole you know, different breed of mom, right? Because they're, they're older and they're, you know, so they're at the same sort of place in life with you, but now they have young babies. So that's kind of cool. Cause I get my baby fix every now and again. Um, you know, I have friends who are having grandchildren. What? What? I know. I had a girlfriend, she got pregnant at 18, had three kids. She's, she's now, they're expecting like their third grandchild. Oh my I'm God. Like, I am not old enough for that to be happening. I wish I could skip <laughs> right to grandparenthood. Like, I would love to have babies in my life, but not have to worry about getting them to sleep. Well, yeah, there's that. There's <laughs> that. And I mean, if worst. you have, if you, your, your stepkids, you said are how, or your husband, your partner's kids, your <laughs> potential stepkids. Don't give them a heart attack. Uh, they are eight and 10. <laughs> eight and 10. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of potential of great memories to be made with them, right? As oh, you, for sure. as you go forward. And, you know, when they start having kids. Yeah, I think that. And all of that stuff. I mean, you will have that opportunity to have those great holiday special occasion type things to, you know, to your own design. For sure. For sure. Hillary. Yeah. Do you, is your, is your biological clock ticking? Like, do you, have you felt it ticking? I think it's more just the panic that the option is gone. Like, right. like Stephanie said, I was never really. I know I'd be an amazing mom, and I think maybe that's what's the hard part is that I'm not particularly drawn to have my own kids, although I know I would be an incredible mom, and I'm more scared that if I were to have children, I'd completely lose myself. So mm. that's probably why I've never really pushed for it, because asserting my own, I, I wouldn't even call it selfishness, but being self-aware and, and working on me is never been a priority and I'm finally making it there so I'm more fear children from that side than anywhere else uh but yeah I think like when you're right around I'm getting closer to 40 and knowing that that window that door is closing that it's not going to be an option is scary but I can't say that I regret anything so but far. there's still a part of you that's worried that you're once that window officially closes that you're going to be you're going to regret something. Well, maybe it's more I've just always... ha- not having the option taken off the table, well, right? Yeah. Cuz we're used to having choice about everything and now one may be taken off the table and you're maybe more resentful of the fact that it's being taken away than not meeting it. Exactly. And more than anything, I worry say it doesn't work out with Schultzy. Half the population, there, there will be guys my age who still want to have kids and they'll go for younger girls because they want to have kids. So half that population of uh, the people who do want kids, I'm out of the running for them. So right. then finding a partner becomes more difficult. How do you envision your life after the kids are grown up uh, and you have all of this time together and, and you know, do you have do you very much like it is now? I mean, we currently only see each other mostly on the weekends maybe one day a week because he lives an hour away right so we have very independent lives as it stands he does sports like your husband he plays on two hockey teams a baseball team and a football team and he's busy uh he works in social work so he's got a lot of uh stuff to handle on his side and I have a lot of work like Sandra with events and uh our schedules are very busy I work mornings so 
very similar to what it is now. But do you do you have plans to like? Do you want to travel with this person? Do you want to you know? Do you want to see the world? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to stay home and Netflix oh, and no. chill? Like what do you? Wanna... We're travelers. We're like a yeah. little bit of both. Homebodies, okay. but we love to get out. So we do concert vacations, and we'll we'll plan a whole trip around a concert, and we do that four or five times a year, and we'd probably continue that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, we enjoy each other's company, so I'm not really concerned about that. You know, it's funny that when you do have children and you have friends who don't have kids, we're so fucking jealous of all the traveling that you do. <laughs> Stephanie has been around the world with her guy. You've been to Egypt, uh, Morocco. Yeah. You've we, been to... We've been around. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of all Iceland. I mean, I want, I want to go to Iceland now because I saw your pictures on the Facebook. Yeah. I, I say the Facebook. <laughs> At L.A. recently, I saw in California. You're like, you just, you travel all over the world. Well, and that's that's kind of our thing, and and again, not having children allows us the freedom to to do that, um, and so that's 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 really kind of kind of an upside. Well, you know, it's better <laughs> than competitive hockey. I would suspect you're getting way more out of it. But you know, it used to be funny because I I would I would have people, you know, people who were on the let's get Steph on the baby train yeah. campaign. <laughs> <laughs> and and they'd say you know we'd have pictures on the Facebook of a recent trip. Oh, oh, must be nice, eh? Must be nice. You do get the parental get, bitterness. Get on a get on a plane yeah. and just go. And I'm like, you like, know what? Like I just exhibited to you like <laughs> two minutes ago, like that. Yeah. But there, they will sell. And I, I've I've said this actually to a couple of people. They will sell plane tickets to anybody, not just people <laughs> who don't have kids. So if you have a credit card <laughs> and a computer. <laughs> And you want to travel? You can. You can incorporate kids into your life. They join your life, and that's I think what. Um, and again, I don't have kids, so tell me to shut up. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. You don't have but to there stop are, doing things you love. But doing a lot just of people, of I find a lot of a lot of parents. Say, and I know you have to adjust. I'm not saying you know take your six month old skydiving. I, that's that's just ridiculous. But we met this family when we were traveling in Turkey. And it was a Danish couple and they brought and we were all like on this sailboat. It was like a three day, you know, you live on the boat and and we see this couple get on with a three year old and it's all the rest of us are all dinks, right? We're all sitting there just like, oh, my God, I can't believe they brought their kid. Like, what? What a fucker. (laughs) This kid was three. So well behaved. Never heard a peep out of him. Mom and dad would take turns so you know dad would take the little guy swimming mom would read her book for a couple hours dad would go for a nap mom would take over story time you know do this whole they traveled the three of them with a hockey bag for a six-week vacation wow like they found a way to make it work and I was talking to them about it because I'm like you know how do you find it traveling with a three and he's like well you know we used to backpack through wherever he said now he said we do a week of backpacking you know with the little guy and then we do the rest of the we do a week at a at a resort where he can play and run around and and be a kid so they found a way to make it work and I was just like wow that's really impressive you know to so there are ways if that's what you want if you want it all there are ways to do it do you find you get any bitterness like like you said people must be nice (laughs) how did you deal with all of the parents in your life being like, oh, it must be nice to sleep. I get that all the time from my coworkers. 
Like, oh, <laughs> must be nice to have your own time and you go home and sleep and do stuff. You don't know what tired is. <laughs> it's like, well, you chose to have your children. So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my reaction. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's fantastic. You made your bed. <laughs> you don't sleep in it. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, and that's and, and we try to as, you know, uh, as aunts and uncles to be really cognizant of the fact that, you know, our our brothers and sisters-in-law maybe need a break. And it's like, OK, you know what? Send the kids over. You know, we'll take them for the night. Come and pick them up tomorrow afternoon. You know, go out on a date or don't stay home and clean your house. Do whatever you want. You have the time. Just use it, and and we'll take them and give them that that bit of respite, right? Because it is mm-hmm. a big job. Yeah. What are you doing on Saturday? Because I'd like to hire <laughs> you to be at Stephanie. No, no, no. You guys, your kids are old enough. Oh, shit. <laughs> Actually, your kids are great. Your kids are great. They're 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 all right. You know, we did. I think we did a good job with them. They haven't burned the house down yet. I don't exactly. think I could handle your kids, Sandra. They came up out of that vagina, so I know they are full of sass. Hillary, when I, I posted pictures of uh, myself at Greek Fest the other night, and I put a, I put a picture of a tray of ouzo. My oldest wrote a, literally wrote, "Mom, are you going to pass out again like you did last time?" <laughs> On a public page. <laughs> no, honey, that was your dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stephanie Egan, what a oh, thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks I, for having me. We didn't even get to really scratch the surface of all the traveling that you've done, but I guess we'll talk Maybe about you'll it. have me back another time. I hope we do. <laughs> I hope we do. That's so interesting. Thanks so much for uh having the conversation. It was really, really interesting. Nice to meet you, Hiller. Nice to meet you as well. And don't forget to follow The Quick and the Dirty on social. Instagram, at Hillary on Air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.